Hello, I'm George Sainsbury and welcome to Dog in the Spotlight. We'll be joined again by Larry Cavallo-Phillips, who is always on the hunt for our ideal dog. I wonder if this dog breed will be the dog for her. We'll also be joined by our new guest, friend and vet, Trevor Gertlock. He'll be looking at the health issues of the breed we are talking about. And today's breed in the spotlight is the Rhodesian Ridgeback. We'll be talking about him more after Dogs in the News. In this week's Dog in the News, we'll be looking at emotional support dogs. Now, Lowry has done some research and looked at some articles of why the emotional support dog is in the news. So I did a little bit of reading and I found that the um, rise in emotional support dogs has been quite severe as of late. Um, I think When you say severe, it's increased and become... Has increased significantly during this lockdown time, um, potentially due to the fact that being locked indoors, I think, is a test of anybody's mental strength. It can be very claustrophobic and very lonely. And therefore, as well as the adoptions that we spoke about last week or the week before, um, the rise in register- registering these animals as emotional support animals has become far more prevalent. So what's the difference between an emotional support dog and a therapy dog? So a therapy dog is usually specifically trained for a purpose such as to help in disaster areas, to help in um, hospitals, in schools, etc. An emotional support dog is more of just having an animal for companionship, but you can put a dog into training to for them to be able to help you a little bit more and recognise when they need to be behaving a certain way. It's funny because emotional support dogs are very common in the United States. Mm-hmm. In England, we have therapy dogs, mm. but not so much emotional support emotional um, support dogs. So in your vet, in your veteran, veterinary service or veterinary practice, do you have many emotional support dogs coming in? Like uh, clients coming with emotional support I don't know that we would know because it's not like people come in and tell us like, oh, I have this emotional support dog. But because it's, it's definitely on the rise. Like we, we see it and it's, it's also unfortunately getting abused. In what way so do you say abused? Just everyone getting their dog certified, right? I want to take my dog on the plane. I don't necessarily want to pay for a seat. And so this is an emotional support oh. dog. Is it difficult then to get... A dog registered? I don't think it used to be, but I think that they're cracking down on it. So Because um, I think a lot of people, when they're in an apartment, they can't have dogs. Mm. They suddenly go, right, I'm going to go and get myself a letter from... And by, by not everyone's abusing that system, but I, I feel I do know a few people have gone, oh, I really want a dog. I might go to my doctor and say mm. I need an emotional support dog. Well, it's funny you say that because... I was under the impression you could take an emotional support dog anywhere and that it superseded... Um, regular policies and laws but um, somebody tried to bring an emotional support dog to come and visit my apartment a few weeks ago and they were stopped at the door so there are seem to be they are seem to be tightening up on certain regulations, perhaps because of what you're saying. And it's funny, we were talking about being a landlord and having emotional support dogs, or an emotional support animal. It doesn't just have to be a dog. And a friend of mine was saying someone tried to, or actually said, my horse is an emotional support animal. And you're thinking, well, you can't really bring a horse. Horse in the house. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a Shetland pony. And maybe a Shetland pony you could <laughs> it's do. Yeah. realistic. Yeah, let's be realistic here. So they're, and they're saying they're rising because of people being on their own in indoors mm. because they were in lockdown. Mm. And again, it begs for the question really about what you were saying before, when this lockdown ends, how much will people still be relying on the emotional support of the dog? 
And are we going to see a rise in lots of those pets being returned despite perhaps being under the pretense of emotional support? Yeah. It is really interesting when I heard about emotional support dogs or emotional support animals coming to um, America because in England you have a therapy dog and they come into school therapy dogs, mm. um, hospital therapy dogs, but you, I don't think there's anything, I might be wrong, but I don't think there's anything having an emotional support dog. And I also find it really interesting that you can't question someone's mm. emotional support dog. It's, mm. you know, a, a taboo or not even allowed, I believe. Yeah. I think it's a very different culture in Britain compared to America in terms of lots of those kind of areas, yeah. which I know is a conversation for another time, but it's definitely becoming far more common. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Lori. And that is Dog in the News for this week. I've had a number of requests to look at the Rhodesian Ridgeback. Um, when you hear, have you heard of the Rhodesian Ridgeback breed before? No, absolutely not. I was really confused as to why you picked this one this week. Yeah, because I said to Laura, I said, right, we're going to do the Rhodesian Ridgeback. And she had no <laughs> idea what that was. <laughs> and to be honest, I, I've always known about them, but I've come to be more aware of them. And actually, my brother's bought one seven years ago and he's got four kids. So I've interacted regularly with a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Mm. Um, Trevor, in your practice, do you see many Rhodesian Ridgebacks coming no, in? No, we do not see Rhodesian Ridgebacks with any frequency. Now, I think it is becoming more of a popular breed. Um, pl- hence, I've had two requests to do it on Rhodesian Ridgebacks. Mm. Um, so, let's look at why the Rhodesian Ridgeback is becoming popular. And let's look at its history. So, its original name was Rhodesian Lion Dog. Oh. Why do you think that there is? Are its features somewhat feline, like a lion? You large? obviously have no clue about I have what got this no dog clue. looks like. <laughs> So, she's honest. She's honest. <laughs> the Rhodesian lion dog, now known as Rhodesian Ridgeback, was bred to flush out and hunt lions in Rhodesia, which is South Africa. Another Today's, hunter, hey? Another, oh, yes, another hunter. Um, again, because all dogs were bred for hunting mania, unless it was sort of a companion job, like a lap dog, like a shih tzu. Okay. I, we talked about the Dachshund hunting. We talked about the Minnesota Schnauzer being a ratter. Mm. And this one, not so many, they won't be hunting rats. These hunt lions, baboons, oh, wild wow. pigs. They're okay. very, very um, powerful. And South African farmers in the 18, in 1860 began to breed these um, dogs. And they're a mix of a greyhound for speed. Oh, excellent. A mastiff and a great dane for strength. A bloodhound for that sort of the scent to them. Um, uh, a terrier, it's got a bit of terrier, I guess, for the hunting. And it also has um, the, if I pronounce this correctly, Hottentot, which is a semi-wild tribal dog. And that's why it has its famous namesake, Ridgeback. Oh, this sounds like a super dog. It sounds like you've taken the best parts of some of the except, best dogs. Well, except the terrier. You yeah, the terrier. And the Hottentot, whatever and the hot- Well, to be honest, <laughs> when I've done the research, there, it, this dog is like the... A phenomenal dog in many ways. So, mm. firstly, it hunts lions or bred to hunt lions in large um, wild game in Africa. But it also can keep up with its hunter for thirty miles at a steady pace when the hunter is on a horseback. Wow! So they have great stamina. Um, and also, I read the other day. You know the the phrase "keeping a lion at bay." You know, have you heard the mm. phrase? Yeah. The term of "keeping a lion at bay." That is actually comes from the Rhodesian Ridgeback oh. because. Not they wouldn't always. They would go around in packs, and what it would do is they would keep the lion um, sort of at bay until the hunters came. Um, so yeah, so it's a very very strong protective 
Um, great stamina, great strength um, of a dog breed. So again, for its ridgeback, its famous um, ridgeback is on the back of its spine, its fur grows the opposite direction. It has two crowns. That's sort of its mm. um, unique feature. But also, I read it has these really, really thick um, padded, quite hard, their feet are quite small, but they're real thick padded, not small, sorry, the pads are small, but they're very thick. So when they're running uh, across these deserts for or whatever, the, mm. the African terrain, they don't get sort of damaged and they're very strong and, what's it called? When they're, you know, they don't get... Resilient. Ca- resilient, yeah. sorry, yeah, I couldn't think of the word, resilient. Um, and also, they can... So they were bred to also clear farmland of wild animals such as wild pigs, baboons. And I read also they can independently... Now, a baboon's pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, they can take on a baboon by itself without a hunter present, which I thought was quite fascinating. Wow. Yeah, fascinating, yeah. But fascinating I'm one. still more impressed with the lions, to be honest. I know, they yeah. are quite impressive, the lions. So the mm-hmm. Rhodesian lion dog. So, talking about the Rhodesian and its sort of history, people ask, well, are they good at training? Can you train these dogs? Now... They are, so when we look at the Stanley Corin, I was quite surprised their intelligence. So I think there's 135 listed dogs. So the top Mm. one is the Border Collie, the lowest is the Afghan Hound. Where would you put something (laughs) who's been bred, can run for miles? Um, Where would you put its intelligence? Which ranking? I'm going to have to guess pretty low. It sounded like you've got some less than intelligent breeds mixed in there. Oh, okay. Putting this hot and tot thing. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. To liquefy the yeah, exactly. talent. Yeah, and, you know, brawn brains are usually opposites. Yeah, brawn and brains. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. So I was special. going to say quite high, but actually now I agree with the vet because mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to have a bet. Yeah, and he has got <laughs> I'm going to go with 80. 80? 81. Eight. Oh, oh right. And yeah. actually, Lowry is closer. It's the 99th most intelligent dog. So, um, training. Yeah, so training. So, my brother, um, he's got four kids and he had to obviously get this training right because they're quite, can be quite a domineering dog. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to um, train it in a bad way because they've got such strength and protectiveness. You could easily, if you haven't got the right owner, mm. can easily be trained in the way you don't want it to be trained. Um, so you've got to make sure it's you get it as a puppy and train it very quickly as a puppy. Mm. Um, positive training is really important. But they do say you've got to be quite an experienced dog owner. Okay. My brother is not. But he did, He again, he grew up with me with him in a schnauzer, so... He grew up with you and he, you're hard to train. Exactly. So. so that's where he's got it from. He's a bit stubborn. Uh, I'm a bit <laughs> stubborn, sorry. So, um, so... It's, it's, it's trainable, definitely, and you see them around. And my brother literally sells this dog. He's a real mm. advocate of the dog. But again, you just make sure to have that patience and be positive training, but get in there early. Mm. Um, exercise, obviously, we've just talked about them running oh, for, gosh. you know, yeah. 30 yeah. miles with Quite a horse. The athlete, yeah. They need a lot of exercise. Mm. Um, so if you're thinking of getting this dog, you've really got to think about, am I going to be out and about... Can I give up an hour of my day not just entertaining this dog? Can I give an hour a day really giving it long runs? Now, my brother's a runner, so he'll run with the dog, which really helps that side of things. Mm. Um, And it's really fascinating. It didn't come to America until 1950. I know, sorry, I've gone back into the history side and why it's become more popular in America as we've gone. And the original American Rhodesian Ridgebacks were six were brought over in 1950 into Arizona and so they were saying I read not every single one but the original six were the one that sort of built up 
So all of them in America then have come from that six? Well, not now as such, because obviously people import a lot of dogs, but the original sort of six came in the 1950s into Arizona. Does that cause problems, having so many of them originating from soil? No, not not now. I don't know how... I don't think they were sort of the advocate to bring the the breed over, Mm. but I think now that they've become more and more popular, people import them from other places. Um, But yeah, and their temperament is they're very good at guarding. They're actually quite aloof with strangers until you get to know them, but they're very protective mm-hmm. over their family, which is a good thing. But also they're quite laid back. Like I've, my nieces and nephews, they're quite young. They, they clamber all over mm. the dog. So they're very, again, it's that training side. Have you had any experience with temperament-wise that's a vet? Yeah, I think they're definitely a breed that when they come into the hospital, we know that we have to be a bit careful with them just because, as you say, they're family protective and they're not so keen on strangers. And it's obviously mm. a stressful place mm-hmm. um so yeah they're a dog that we're definitely cautious with and and they're a brute as you said so yeah you don't want to get nipped by a Rhodesian yeah. Ridgeback and does it do you make it more cautious because they're so large or is it just because you know their temperament it's more the, the temperament for sure right? yeah and so you've got Labradors that are, are not a threat to us per se but yeah. a Rhodesian Ridgeback would be one that I would definitely be a bit more cautious with because you don't know what the training they've had etc and we know the the breed right it's like yeah. you say I mean there's they're they're a brute of a dog so. yeah mm-hmm. now so, looking at um, the Rhodesian, Rhodesian Ridgeback and its health, we have our vet, our resident Lala. vet, who is going to just explain a few... <laughs> uh, as a whole, you were saying they're yeah. quite a healthy breed. They, they are quite a healthy breed. So, they, there's nothing that jumps out as like a very specific um, disease that we see in Rhodesian Ridgebacks, but like all large breed dogs, there's a couple of things. So, things like hip dysplasia or hip um, osteoarthritis as they get older... Um, they get degenerative myelopathy, which is a de- degenerative spinal disease, um, and then things like hypothyroidism, uh, bloat, or what we call gastric dilatation volvulus. Um, those would all be things that would be um, they would be predisposed to, mm-hmm. um, but I wouldn't say that they're overrepresented for having any of those diseases with any high frequency. Are any of those serious to the degree where you really have to be cautious about having them, or is it? Quite a low key. I think low key. Okay. Like in general, I think of Rhodesian Ridgebacks as a very healthy breed. Okay. And considering it's a large breed, it's got quite high life expectancy for it, a large indeed breed. Indeed, it does. Yeah, I think average life expectancy is like ten to ten to twelve years old yeah. or something, mm-hmm. which is yeah for a and big, for a large dog, dog that's really good. Definitely. Yeah. So we're going on to one of our favourite parts of yes. the show, especially for Lowry. Love it. So we're going to be doing the top three names. For a Rhodesian Ridgeback. So, before we go mm-hmm. on, we like hearing what we would put mm-hmm. forward. So, my brother's got a, uh, his name's Buddy, mm-hmm. and I think that's quite a good name, yeah. Buddy. So, for a boy dog and a girl dog. Okay. So, you see, I've shown you pictures of Rhodesian Ridgeback, you've yes. seen them, you've heard about their temperament. Mm. What would you go for? For a boy, I would go with Vince. Oh, I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, stocky, built Vince. Yeah. For a Girl, um, I may go with something like Cindy, just for the irony. It, you know, if it's a really stocky, brutish dog, I'd want to name it something like Cindy. Yeah, I was Cindy thinking Lou. the same with a girl. I was thinking... <laughs> Soften it up a Barbie. No, I was thinking of Priscilla for a girl. I thought it was quite Priscilla. Oh, on the same line. Mm, not yeah, that's exactly... Yeah. Not Margot Margo this time. Not Margot, okay. everyone, this oh time. Oh, my goodness. No, no. Joshua. Priscilla. Uh, Priscilla for a girl. And I think I quite like the boys like Boris for a boy. Mm. Something yeah, a bit... It's kind of a hard consonant, Yeah, but the girl, I like the stupidity of having it so feminine, like Pamela. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> 
And Trevor, now Trevor's obviously a professional in naming animals oh, as well totally. as a vet. No, yeah. he's not. Um, so what would you go yeah. for a boy? I, I was thinking something like Sherman or oh. Brutus. Brutus. Why yes. Sherman? Oh, I don't know. It just no. came, came into my little head here. Yeah. So. And then a girl? Um, either something soft like Sabrina wow. or something like Helga. Helga. I like yes. that one. Sharp. Oh, Vicky. Something large. If Lori's got any friends called Vicky, it's not because you think you're large, it's because you're harsh. I don't know what's better. Those poor Welsh Vickies out there, large and harsh. Um, so, going back to celebrities. <laughs> Now, not actually, funny enough, usually like, um, when we did Cocker Spaniels, loads of celebrities had mm. them. They're not that many celebrities, and actually, celebrities that I haven't heard of. So, Errol Flynn had one. Who's Errol Flynn? I think, like, he's an old actor of his day. Old, in old the, actor. Yeah, in the, yes. like, 30s and 40s. Patrick Swayze. Mm. Okay. I know. I thought that's quite a key one. Um, Prince Rainer and Grace Kelly of Monaco. Oh, that's an interesting... Yeah. Okay. Um, Tim Tebow. Yes, Go Gators. That's my alma mater. I'd never heard of him. <laughs> oh, Who is he? God. Who is he? Uh, he's the he was the quarterback for University of Florida. So from he won two national champions for us. Um, I think between like two thousand four and two thousand seven. Trevor will be doing a podcast on the Gators, um, <laughs> specifically this one. Specifically this one. So that is the Rhodesian Ridgeback, and I always ask Lori because obviously Lori is looking at getting a dog, and obviously her circumstances change. So, which obviously in your situation now in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Rhodesian Ridgeback. No. Would you get a Rhodesian Strong Ridgeback no. in... Mm. Does Even if you ha- could have a dog, does a Rhodesian Ridgeback appeal to you? By the way, our normal question, it doesn't shed. It's very minimal shedder, because I know that's a big thing. Yes, that Larry is a big is an thing. interior designer, so we have mm. to find that. And it's not a big barker. And actually, I read it's odourless. Um, that's good. Yeah. That's a... Um, tick in its favour. I wouldn't... I, I've read that, so I might have to ask my brother, is he odourless? Okay. And as they get older, but would you... I would not. Um, again, because the I'm not a runner. Um, I take my dogs for long walks, but it seems like that may not be sufficient in order for them to feel that they are really um, getting that exercise they need. And also from what Trevor has said about sometimes needing to be um, careful with them because they can be a little bit temperamental and brute-like. I don't think that is particularly the dog characteristics I'm looking for. I think that's for. probably, down, again, down to the training, because I think yes. it's all dogs... You know, I look at Buddy and he's lovely, but yeah, mm, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, could you put in that training? Would you be willing to go, right, I need to get this done? Yes. Yeah. I think I would, but um, I think across the scope of all dog breeds you could have, yeah. this may not be the best fit for me. Okay, Trevor. I know, I, I'm not even sure you're looking for a dog, but you are a vet. Where would you, would you be tempted by a Rhodesian Ridgeback? I would, actually. I, th- I quite like this. And I think that if I didn't live in the city of Chicago and I mm-hmm. lived where I had property and horses, which is a goal, um, yeah, I think that would be a great dog for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I like the look of them. Yeah. So that's they my type of dog. A handsome dog. Yeah. Yeah. Me, personally, I do like a small dog, but I know Joshua loves a big dog, and mm-hmm. I reckon Joshua would probably go for one. Anyway, thanks so much for... Um, uh, listening and thank you to Lori. Thank you again. And thank you to Trevor. Thank you. And we'll see you next week.